I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Look, I said to you that Brian Costello from the New York Post had landed um, from his uh, plane ride back up from Miami covering the Jets. And it is time to, to kind of put a bow on uh, the Jets season and the regular season. Brian Costello from the New York Post joining us now. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm good, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know... I guess let's, you know, big picture, um, we'll, we'll start there. What is your, your headline, big picture takeaway from this season for the Jets? Oh, that's hard, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they improved greatly from what we've seen in recent years, and there's promise, um, but, you know, they're ending the season on a six-game losing streak. A total total collapse, and so what you know we were thinking was going to be a good season in August. It, it would have been seven wins, which they got to, but the uh, the expectations changed greatly, Lori, in October when they won those four games in a row. They they won in Pittsburgh, they won in Green Bay, they won in Denver, they beat the Bills at home. You started, you know, you started thinking, rightly so. Hey, this team could go to the playoffs this year. They're ahead of schedule, and they get to seven and four at the end of November, and then the collapse hits. So, obviously, it's a disappointing ending. Um, you know, I think it's just how you want to view it. If you want to take the fifty thousand foot view, they won three more games than they did a year ago. They've won. They won one more game than the last two years combined. But like, there's no getting around the way this thing ended. It's just brutal. Yeah, I um, had a caller make an interesting point um, a little while ago. And the point was with, you know, the season, the playoffs no longer being a factor, why not start Zach Wilson today as opposed to Joe Flacco? And part of my response there was I thought that with the way that Mike LaFleur talked about um, and, and Robert Saab, with, with, with the way they've talked about Zach Wilson, that he probably should have sat on the bench his rookie year and he um, you know, wasn't ready and he needs some time away, go to a beach, you know, take his mind off things and then come back, right. all that sort of stuff. The way they talked about him in the last week or two, I felt almost put them in a position where you almost couldn't play him on, on Sunday. Had they kept their mouths shut, was my caller right in saying <laughs> That, you know, when you point out that four-game win streak, part of that, you know, winning was also with Zach Wilson and whether he was good or bad or they were winning in spite of him, some of his 
arm talent and, and his legs and playmaking, even while the mistakes and the head scratchers were there, I, would he have, would some of that potential upside or dynamism or even giving him a chance to play a game, <laughs> would any of that made more sense than what they did today? No. Uh, I'll give you two reasons. Uh, if you watched Jacksonville, right, a couple weeks ago on a Thursday mm-hmm. night, Zach's yep. last start, he was not the same quarterback that he was in October even. And, and in October, they were winning around him. I don't like in spite of him. He was on the field, but they were winning around him. They were running the ball. They were playing good defense. They were basically telling him, just don't turn it over and we'll be all right. The guy that played against Jacksonville was a quarterback that I hadn't seen in two years. He had no confidence. He had no feel. Even talking to him after that game, Lori, he said, I'm searching for my confidence that's not Zach Wilson, right? Like he's always been a very confident kid. He, he's right now. He really needs a complete reset. Like what Roberts? That's not coach speak. Like he needs he needs to get away. The second thing, Laurie, is the state of the offensive line. Right. Um, you know, if you saw Flacco today, what he was doing, you know, he was getting rid of the ball as soon as he could, and like you know, sometimes he was just throwing it up in the air to Garrett Wilson and hoping for the best. Because I don't think you're, you're the biggest Jets fan who's listening to your show knew who Mike Remmers was. And Mike Remmers was their starting left tackle today, right? So they had three of their recent starting offensive linemen out for this game, never mind the guys who were supposed to be the starting offensive linemen back in August. Um, you know, they, they, are way, they were way, way down the depth chart on the offensive line. I, Zach was not getting rid of the ball quickly. It would not have been good with Zach behind that that offensive line. Yes, he's a little more mobile than Joe Flacco, but so am I. But they, you know, they, they I don't think Zach would have been able to do anything behind this offensive line. They, they need someone to just get the ball out of his hand as quick as possible today. Giants fans who are used to, um, in seasons past, watching Daniel Jones run for his life um, are familiar with Mike Remmers. Um but, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so are Chiefs fans. Um, in when yeah. that didn't go well either. But um, I, you asked a question um at Robert Sala's press conference today, and I thought, you know, it's the question that you know also we've been talking about on the air tonight, and I thought Robert Sala's somewhat non-committal answer was interesting too. Is you asked Robert Sala if his offensive coordinator Mike Lafleur would be back next season. And how would you characterize his answer? And, you know, what what would you do there? Yeah, I thought he had to answer it that way, Lori. He needs to meet with Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson and whoever else in the organization over the next day or two or three and figure out, you know, the entire staff. It goes beyond Michael Floor. There's probably other changes that need to be made. So I don't think... You know, I had asked that question just because I know that's on the fans' minds, and um, it's a legitimate question, so I asked it. But I did not expect him to say, yes, he'll be back, or no, he's gone at that point. I kind of figured I'd get what I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Laurie, look, I, I can see this both ways with LaFleur. I mean, he's not the top problem with the offense, in my opinion. They, they need better quarterback play. Their offensive line has been in shambles for, um, you know, a couple months, really. The, the offense looked completely different when Brees Hall went down. Lori, yep. Brees Hall was the Jets' leading rusher mm-hmm. for the season. Yeah, he even. He hasn't played yeah. since October 23rd. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, 
Yeah, and he was averaging 5.8 yards a carry. I mean, they were never the same. Like, they were never the same once never, he got like, hurt. Yeah. He was a home run hitter. That's mm-hmm. what they called it. And he was. Like, he could turn a three yard carry into a 60 yard touchdown. They have no one in this offense that's like that. So, so that's the defense for LaFleur. The, the, the reasons to get rid of him. They didn't have to be the 99 Rams the last few weeks. They just had to get in the damn end zone, and they couldn't do it. Three weeks in a row, can't score a touchdown. If they had scored 21 points in every game this season, the Jets would have been 12-5. and 21 points, three touchdowns. It's not – I'm not saying 40. 21 points. This defense was pretty good. They they, they had – the defense has issues too, but they were pretty good. They did Mm -hmm. not give up a lot of points, whatever else you want to pick apart. So – you know, LaFleur has to answer for that. I don't know if he has to answer for it with his job. And I go, I do wrestle with Laurie. Who's going to come in here to replace him? Mm-hmm. Robert Stahl is entering a make-or-break year, right? I think everyone will agree 2023 is, if it's not playoffs or bust, it's 10 wins or bust, something like that. They have, mm-hmm. to, they have to be a good team next year. Is an offensive coordinator with options going to come to a team where he only he's really only guaranteed one year, and they they don't have a quarterback? And you can say, oh, well, they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to get Derek Carr. Well, they don't have them, and they're not going to have them in January when they have to hire an offensive coordinator. So, anyone coming here, I feel like is going to be a, a coach that doesn't have a lot of options because I think if you have options to go somewhere with a new head coach you're probably going to go there because you're going to feel like I'm going to get at least two or three years to do something there. Whereas if I go to the Jets, I'm going to get one year. If it doesn't go well, I'm out of a job again, and they really don't have a quarterback. So um, I, that's, that's, part, that's a big part of why I struggle with firing Michael Flores. I just don't know who you're going to get to replace him. Now, one thing I tossed out there is that – you know, I can argue this both ways, but there is a benefit to continuity, continuity of systems. Yep. Um, and if they kept LaFleur, who has promise, but also obviously uh, the Jets have been horrific in first quarters of games and then they've dug themselves yep. holes, all of that. So he obviously needs help with scripting those first 15 plays and putting together that game plan. Um, they obviously yep. need help in figuring out how to develop a quarterback, um, you know, if they're keeping Zach on the roster, even if there is a new starting quarterback. So there's there's needs that, you know, LaFleur needs some um, – you know, kind of a veteran council. We all know very tragically yeah. that that Greg, Na- Greg Knapp was supposed to be that a couple of years ago, and, and he died. Um, but um, I was tossing out, you know, I don't know if it's a, a Jim Caldwell as an offensive advisor or yeah. you know, somebody of that ilk with that gravitas, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, and, and unfortunately, you know, due to yeah. reasons of, you know, the fact that he's a black head coach, he hasn't gotten as many, you know, opportunities maybe as he should. But yeah. whatever it is, somebody like that, like, I think if you go with continuity, don't you need to bring in a senior counselor? Yes, I agree with you. And I'll, I'll give you the guy who I think makes the most sense. Um, and I'm, I'm bar- I, I, Rich Shamini from ESPN came up with this idea originally, and I liked it. Gary Kubiak. Um, oh, okay. Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. So when Robert Sala got was a young buck, right? Yep. With the, he worked he worked for the, he worked for Gary Kubiak with the Houston Texans. Um, the and there's system, also like a, a Shanahan kind of connection Shanahan. there that is part yeah, of that whole yep. coaching tree. Yep, he's part of that coaching tree. So he would come in. He you know he basically helped invent the offense. Yep. right. He was 
he was on the Broncos, and then he was a coach for, on the Broncos forever with with Shanahan. So, yep. yeah, I think I think he makes a lot of sense. Now he retired; uh, they'd have to lure him out of retirement. But maybe Salah's personal connection can do that, and maybe he can get uh, you know Gary Kubiak to come in and be the be that senior advisor for Michael Floor. I do think it makes a lot of sense, and I do think Lafleur needs someone to kind of guide him here and. Yeah, the, they only score a touchdown on one first series all year, Lorian. Like, so if you're sitting there and you're scripting plays on Tuesday, these are your best plays. How are you not getting in the end zone more than once all year on them? That, that's a very troubling thing. So I, I do think um, he needs some help. And, and that, that, that I like Jim Caldwell, too. I just think Kubiak just has a little yeah, more makes sense. Ties, to, to, yeah, ties to them. And that, that, could, that could be the guy. That, you know, I don't think... You know, Salah's not – like, all head coaches are, are, are always looking over their shoulder. I don't think he's going to want anyone who he thinks he's going to take his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and maybe has a guy who's retired and does not want to be a head coach anymore, clearly. So, that could be a good thing, too, and has some loyalty to Salah. Talking to Brian Costello from the New York Post. And um, before I let you go, because I know it's late and you're on your way home, but um, and really appreciate you, uh, you know, kind of uh, metaphorically stopping by, um, <laughs> is uh, the owner, big picture. So Woody Johnson yeah. is back from, you know, uh, not being involved, is back involved in owning this team as opposed to, you know, Christopher Johnson having to say so. Yeah. And yes, there's been improvement. But obviously, starting seven and four and losing six games in a row, um, a lot of frustration. How do we, uh, what will you be looking for from the owner, Woody Johnson? Are you hearing any rumors? Do you think he will go with continuity? Do you think he'll go after a Sean Payton, a Jim Harbaugh, and make a big move? Um, You know, what kind of tea leaves with Woody Johnson will you be reading? Well, it's interesting, Lori. I think, I think you know, Woody Johnson's older now, right? He's getting mm-hmm. up in his 70s. Like, owners change <laughs> when they start, mm-hmm. they start to see the clock running on them, uh, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. he was in his 50s when he bought the team. So he's in a different stage of life now. And coming back from, you know, his ambassadorship, I think he's a little bit different. Uh, I've heard he is not happy. Uh, he was very, very unhappy in Seattle, Post game, um, he made that known. Uh, I saw him today. He did. He looked a little bit more resigned to the to what happened today rather than angry when I saw him after the game. Um, but I'm curious to see what he says. I think he's going to talk to the media at some point uh, in the not too distant future. I think he's going to go with continuity, Lori, in terms of Sala and Douglas. I, you know, I, I don't I don't know what he's what his input's going to be in terms of Lafleur. But in terms of Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, I think they'll be back. I don't think he's going to go down the Harbaugh or Peyton Road. Um, but I wouldn't rule it out 100% either. I, I, like, he, he's not happy. I just think he does have to realize um, this team's in a better place than it was a year ago. It's in a better, much better place than it was two years ago. Sala and Douglas have done some good things. They might have the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Um, you know, it's hard to fire your GM after that, even even though – the Wilson pick looks terrible at this at this moment. Uh, I, I think I think they'll be back, but I'm curious to, to hear Woody's tone and just how much he um, holds their feet to the fire for this and, and what he says about 2023 being you know kind of playoffs or bust, something he's resisted saying in the past. Yeah, it it will be 
yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if he, you know, we've seen with um, John Merritt, with Giants owner John Merritt, resisting um, saying playoffs are bust, but then, yeah. you know, there, there are ways to say that when you walk off the field at the end of the season, you need to feel like the team is heading in a direction towards being a, you know, potentially, you know, heading towards a Super Bowl as opposed to heading in the wrong direction or something like that. It'd be interesting to yeah. see if he wants to, you know, what to he figure, wants to say. Right. It's hard to figure out right now, Lori, which direction the Jets are heading in, right? Because if you look at the whole 17 game package, they're heading in the right direction, right? They, they won three more games than they won last year, but they lost his last six in a row. Now, looking at it, the Seahawks, I, I've been on a plane all night, but the Seahawks are in the playoffs, correct? Yes. So the Seahawks, so every team that they lost to, with the exception of the Lions, is in the playoffs in the, in the six-game stretch. And the Lions and turned the out Lions, to be really good. <laughs> the Lions might be the hottest team in football, right? right? So. There is an element of that, too. They didn't play slouches down the stretch. Now, Miami Dolphins are not a good team, <laughs> but, but, but they are in the playoffs, so you got to give them that. But they, they, the Jets, I think, um, you know, they, they had some really bad luck with Mike White going down with the broken ribs yeah. and then catching Detroit and Jacksonville as they were sort of hitting their stride, it felt like, in those two weeks. Yep. That, to me, was where the season was lost is right there, um, you know, when they didn't have White and they had these hot teams. All right, last, really last one. Sorry that I just realized for Jets fans who've been complaining about this. Um, what did you think of the horse tackle, uh, horse collar tackle penalty? And to clarify for, I haven't gotten to this as much. We've been talking big picture Jets and Giants and all of this, but um, for people who don't know the rule, just to clarify, it is not just a horse collar um, tackle penalty. Um, isn't just by the collar. It is also if you tackle by the nameplate. Um, th- yes. That's also a penalty. So I just want to put that out there for Jets fans who were complaining about that. Obviously, the call was massive and is a big reason yeah. why Miami, is, you know, is is going um, to the playoffs and not the Steelers. Um, it, it had a huge impact there. But um, but what did you think of that horse collar tackle? Was it a penalty or not? I honestly, Lori, did not see the play. Okay. I, I, was, right. I was heading downstairs um, because we were going to be chasing Woody Johnson. So I, I was heading, I headed to the locker room before the game was over, and I yep. was in transit when Fair that play enough. happened. You'll, so you'll, see it. It. you'll see it multiple see it. times. I, I did. Yep. Personally, I backed it up. I watched it a few times, and I would tell you. It was a good call? Um, it, it was, um, I, I think it could have been called either way. And um, and certainly, I think the hand starts off absolutely up by the nameplate. There's no doubt it starts up there. And then as he's tackling, is it, you know, the bottom of the nameplate or the top of the number? Um, you know, you'll watch it. But to me, it yeah. was an on-the-fence one. And if you want to say, you know, either way, probably some of it has to do with um, – how Waddle goes down on it, but it certainly starts the the tackle. Yeah. It starts up by the nameplate. By the time it's done, it might be the numbers, and I'm sure Jets fans don't want to hear that. But it, I, I to me, it's on the fence. I could go either way with it. A lot of times, Lori, it's how the guy goes down. Yeah, it, with that call, with horse collar, because remember that was started. I think it was Terrell Owens who went down and got injured with a horse collar tackle, and they made that a rule. And it's a lot of times if the guy they goes down awkwardly, like backwards, they call that play. They call that penalty. So yeah. 
Anyway, yeah. I understand the some right. Jets fans upset and certainly Steelers fans. Hey, um, appreciate the time and uh, glad you got home and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Take care. All right. Thanks, Lori. All righty. Um, Bob, Matt, and Wally, I see you. I promise. Very quick break. We're coming back and taking your calls. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 